advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible. It'll soon be a war up there. And we are, as a people, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths. I know for a fact. And to secret proceedings. Weapons of mass destruction. I have a dream. I take the threat very seriously. A new world order. Your government thanks you for your participation. You are now listening to the world-famous Sofa King Podcast. Please, read from sheets. I am... I am Sofa King. Sofa King. Now repeat all very fast, please. I am Sofa King. Faster. I am Sofa King. No, not so fast. Loses meaning. I am Sofa King. You say funny things. What's up, people? Listening to the Sofa King podcast. And uh, we're having Dr. Hour with uh, Brent Van Tassel. Dr. He's going to tell us how to fix his back. Oh, yeah, he can't. No. I thought you were going to stand up this episode. <laughs> I might in the middle of it. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, he has a he, he needs a backyotomy. I he watched does. the whole uh, video about this chiropractor, and it was like, oh, yeah, that guy's back hurts right where my back hurts. They're, like, pushing on it. And he's like, so this is what you got to do. It's not muscular. It's his rib. And he, like, puts him in this position and rolls him over. He's like, all right, that should do it. And the guy was like, I don't want to mess up your video, man, but it still hurts. But <laughs> he like what? didn't get it, and then finally he tries again, and he's just I'll turn off the camera. Did you did you download that video, or did you go buy it at a store? It was on YouTube. It was on YouTube. It's legit for sure. They had they haven't taken it down yet. I thought gay porn wasn't allowed on there. Oh no, they have it. Well, he's got to know what to search for. That does kind of sound like the opening of a yeah of a porno. Yeah, a massage table and two dudes. I don't know what happened when the camera went off. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they didn't fix his rib. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know uh, about I don't know about chiropractors. Last time I went to a chiropractor, he just like screwed me up royal. Like to- like I already had a bad neck, and it was actually torn neck muscles. Screwed you royal. And he went in, and I was like, I, I went into him because I just wanted an X ray. I just wanted peace of mind from an X ray. And I was like, look, I'm going to pay you, etc. Like I don't want an adjustment. Like don't do anything. Just like let's do an X ray because I want to see if there's like spinal damage in my neck, or whatever. Because my neck was jacked up for a year, but this was like spinal. the second week. Spinal. And I, I went in and spinal. he gave me the X ray, and he came back and showed me the X ray, and he was like, no, there's, there's there's nothing wrong with you know with your spine. Like your bones are all right where they should be, etc. Mm-hmm. He was like, let me let me just like feel your neck and see. And he just like freaking ninja like popped my neck, even though I had already told him I didn't want him to. And he tore my neck muscles twice as bad as the black belt (laughs) tore my neck muscles the week before. And I I probably would have had like a three month injury. And because of him, I ended up having a year long injury because my already torn neck muscles got twice as torn by the jack hole. Kai, I'm not swearing because this is a radio episode, but I really want to. That's I really, a bad word somewhere. I really want to lay out a Deadpool-esque stream of obscenities in his direction. But yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah I've been disappointment again. after disappointment. I'm, I'm three massages in, which were great, and I felt great, like mm-hmm. as far as a massage goes. But immediately the pain was still present. So a chiropractor, three massage, two doctor's appointments, and a couple bottles of pills now, and I'm still. Yes. I feel just the same. Yeah. So that's it good. sucks. Yeah. See you at Jiu-Jitsu Monday. I'm doing it. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm over sitting out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to, I was going to do a couple of shout outs um, just on this episode. And we have, I'm sure we have some more for next episode. Um, 
I want to, uh, on Twitter, uh, Kevin Brady, Mike Money, and Dude Passerbyer. I, I lumped them together because they're like boyfriend and girlfriend. Apparently, you mention them every time. You're <laughs> yeah. boyfriend and girlfriend. They're on there. I mean, you know what? If you want to get mentioned, you get on Twitter and start talking BS. That's what happens on there. Uh, Paco, um, Sammy Hodge, and Erica Lynn uh, all have commented and shared and done a bunch of stuff. So uh, thank you guys on Twitter, Instagram, uh, the funky diabetic. I like that name. Uh, <laughs> Clayton love awesome. 87, Rick, uh, Rick from Canada. Who's been a longtime fan. Uh, first time caller, longtime fan. That's right. Um, the rogue leader. And, uh, I don't know if it's MC Grubbin or Mick Grubbin. You know, if you're MC Grubbin, you need to spit some rhymes and get to us, but Mick Grubbin on, uh, Instagram. So thank you guys, uh, your comments and, uh, suggestions on how to turn Dave white. Um, is that what they're it hasn't been working so no. far, but we're trying No, that guy. Monche. He's Mexican. Monche. Yeah. He told us <laughs> how to mad. say it right. <laughs> he told us how to say it right. I didn't see the name. I'm yeah. saying it that way. Cause he, he gives us lots of love. He bought some uh, black label. You could hot sauce and he's walking home from work right now. Apparently yeah. catching up on the podcast. In so Arizona. Speaking of you I witnessed a uh, um, yeah. See, that a, was a guy. A guy walked up to us and uh, started talking to Brent about. He Yucateco. said, "Hey, hey, you're the guy with the Yucateco, right?" Yeah, and Brent <laughs> pulled it out of his pocket. <laughs> it all happened organically. I yeah. didn't have a story for Yucateco this morning. Brad and I went to get coffee. A guy walks up and says. Hey man, you're the guy with the Yucateco, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the legend is born. Yeah. And I was like, yes. Johnny Appleseed, Paul Bunyan, yeah. Brent, Brent Yucateco. Yeah. Like they will all be, they will all live. You gotta on. change your Instagram name to Brent Yucateco. <laughs> I'll now. make a separate one, the unofficial Yucateco yeah. warrior. I'm the Yucateco warrior. <laughs> this is hot sauce bottle swords. <laughs> hot sauce underscore 69. Um, so he said that he had uh, tried you could take a hot sauce because I put a bunch in the uh, coffee shop over there in their food case. And then he went to some little Mexican market and found all the flavors. He was naming them off too. He knew them all. He went and bought them all. Yeah. He so, bought like five bottles. Yeah. I might've created an adversary. He might be my like hot sauce. Oh, nemesis. He, might, yeah. he, was, he was throwing it down. He had the lingo. Yeah. He said he had a podcast and he was going to get sponsored by him too. That's so. right. But if you are listening and you're longing for the deliciousness of El Yucateco and you can't find it in your neck of the woods, uh, shout at us and we'll we'll talk to the Yucateco people and we'll find out where you can go to get it in your neighborhood. Yep. And you might be wondering why a podcast is sponsored by a hot sauce and what kind of connection we have. Well, it is love at first taste. <laughs> it is love so at first taste. that's what happened. Yeah. El Yucateco has been uh, great to us and we want to be great to them. So if you're a fan... Of our show, and you're not eating El Yucateco hot sauce. If you have Tabasco, and uh, what's the other one, the Cholula? And hey, those sh- whatever, not, not even be names. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. Like, I'm just <laughs> saying, so you guys know, if those are in your cupboard right now, you're wasting. We're shaming you. Space. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're wasting cupboards. Well, because I am going to mention one by name. Like, I used to love Tapatio, and I always had big oh, yeah, bottles of it. That thing sucks. And it's like I, I don't remember where I was, but I had some food, and I put Tapatio on it, and I was just like, meh. Like really, this is what this is bringing to the table. Like it's no like the cor- it's the Coors Light of hot sauce. <laughs> it is. Yeah, dude. it's eighty eight like, cents no, a it's bottle. Na- it's Natty Light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's there the you go. Natty Light. Yeah. <laughs> Coors, Coors has some flavor. Yeah. And so uh, so just just think about that. Whenever you open your cupboard and you see your hot sauce and it's not El Yucateco, it's a waste of space. Yeah, you're stupid. And if you do already have Yucateco when you open the cupboard, take a picture of it, tag us, and tag El mm-hmm. Yucateco. Yeah, that helps us out, and then we can keep doing the podcast. Yep. So, uh, anyway, so what, what's the topic today, boys? Moonshine. 
It's not. It's Chris, oh, reta- Chris Will's oh. Moonshine. We're going to revisit it. Yeah. Because we love it that well, much. Well, we got to keep drinking it because yeah. it's got to be an empty bottle. And he's right now, um, I'm smelling it. it smells, it smells like tequila. Hmm. It, well, it has a sweet yeah. uh, smell to it. And I guess, what he, what did he say online? He he didn't think we liked it. He said he didn't think we liked it. But then what was the line after that? Some shabbity-boo-bah, like shabbity-boo-bah, high. Honolulu high, So he was drunk. Yeah, so Chris, <laughs> yeah, Chris, <laughs> Chris, when you're listening to the podcast, don't get so drunk. We did enjoy it. It tasted very good. Uh, had a lot of flavors. Had a hard hit in the beginning. Had a lot of flavors. Very flavorful. Um, had a few, uh, for me, it had a few different flavors. Um, it, it was excellent. And uh, you should cry on your pillow tonight because you don't have a bottle and we do. So Because <laughs> they, they don't make yeah, it anymore. Yeah, they don't make it anymore. Thank so you. that's what's up. And I'm going to take go. a drink right now. Mm. It's super smooth. Ooh. Yeah. It's super smooth. Brent's crying, but. It was just a jet fighter flew out my nose right now. <laughs> pay no attention. It's smooth going down, but some it's, heat yeah, came out my it's, nose. It's yeah. strong. It's got some heat. It's got flavor. See it's if it, I'm going to do a couple more of those, see if it fixes my back. So yeah, Chris Willis. Sure will. Yeah, Chris Willis. It is good. And like I said, go cry on your pillow tonight because you don't got a bottle. And, and I will say when I read his... Uh, Actually, you know what? This I think this is the only bottle that's not going on the whiskey wall. We're going to send the empty bottle back to him. Just to make him cry. Yeah. Yeah, and I will say I, I said this before, and I'll say it again because after the the Instagram message that he sent to me that said you didn't like, sounds like you didn't like the the moonshine, and then he said some rambling Honolulu nineteen sixty four madness. I did have to stop and say, "What you talking about, Willis?" <laughs> <laughs> I, legit, I legitimately had cause. Dave, to say, Dave can't stop himself. I can't stop myself. Saying Cordy, you know what else lines. can't stop itself. <clears throat> The reactor meltdown meltdown. at Chernobyl. (laughs) That's right. The reactor meltdown at Chernobyl. (laughs) So today's topic is the reactor at uh, Chernobyl. We've we've had some people have requested that we talk about Fukushima um, and what happened over there. And there have only been two Class 7 nuclear reactor meltdowns in history. And I've thought it might be a good idea to start with sort of the the big daddy, which was Chernobyl, and then talk about Fukushima. Chernobyl. Chernobyl. You let him finish that one. He was going to say that Chernobyl. word too. Chernobyl. I say Chernobyl. I don't know. That was Chernobyl. Right, say the Japan Chernobyl. one now. Let me hear that. Fukushima. Oh, he says it regular. Fukushima. <laughs> <laughs> but one he thing I didn't know is there were <clears throat> like I thought it was a city called Chernobyl, and it was a city called Pripyat, mm-hmm. and it was one of six Chernobyl class nuclear reactors yeah there were six chernobyl nuclear reactors and they had that nothing are, to do the other with ones are other. still active that's what blew my mind not the chernobyl ones are you sure i'm i'm positive Everything i looked at I read a, said that they had to keep those those going though because they, they kept like, them going but as of now they're shut because i look shut down? there's a there were the type of nuclear reactor that it was there were 15 of them were shut down or were being built when the Chernobyl incident happened and they stopped funding and quit building. So there were a total of 15 that have either been shut down or exploded or um, uh, uh, stopped in their construction. But there are still 11 of the same exact type that are in operation. In yeah, and I heard it's a really flawed design. Like it's a very flawed design. They said design. it's not a stable, it it's is not, not a good design. It's the worst design of a nuclear reactor on Earth. How does the United Nations not like band together and be like, hey, dude, like we'll give you the money 
let's change this over and not ruin the world. Well, I think nations banded together because the they built a the one dome. of the things is right after they built the sarcophagus right. on top of the molten death core. And the worry is that the sarcophagus is crumbling and falling right. apart. And if the sarcophagus cracks, it'll be worse than the original oh, uh, Chernobyl God. experience. Like everything. Figure- but they're building – the European Union came together with funding and they're building this massive – it's supposed to finish construction in 2016. So it's supposed to finish this year. Yeah. Um, I saw 2017 or something. Yeah, but it's like $2 billion dollars it cost well, to Well, yeah, and Europe, Europe has to get together because Europe's going to get hit. Hard. Oh, yeah. They're all, like, they already got hit. Europe like, and Africa. Based on where – I mean completely literally based on where the wind blows. Yeah. Like the countries that got spared right after Chernobyl were just based on weather patterns. And you know yeah. what else is crazy is like people don't think about this. I don't know how many nuclear power plants there are in the United States or in the world, but if an EMP bomb hits – like, it's not about like, oh, we'll just fish and hunt. No, all those nuclear power plants have to run off like diesel backup right. generators yeah. to keep everything going, to, to keep, keep turbines it cool. going, to keep it cool. Because that's part of the problem. You don't stop the reaction. Yeah. All you do is cool it. So that's what's going to happen. If You're going to have super yeah. fallout. Like yeah. all those plants will eventually run out of diesel fuel because you can't run all the stuff to process the fuel, to get the stuff to, to transport to the place. <clears throat> and well, thing, I was, we're, I was, we're dead. Like you're not right. living. Like everybody right. worries about this. I mean, it'll be a hundred Chernobyls all over. Yeah. And I was actually curious. There are 61 in the, the continental United States. There are 61 nuclear power plants with nine, a total of 99 reactors. See, and this is my thing, like, and I'm putting, and I'm putting this out to the universe and hopefully this doesn't happen, but why do you have to build a nuclear bomb? Why don't you just put a bomb on a plane and you fly it over the, the reactor and you drop the bomb? Oh, bomb the reactor? Yeah. Just with a regular bomb. Yeah. yeah. Well, because well. you could just push a button and it's going to go, you know, it's just more tactical. Like no, that's stupid. To fly a plane. I, that's why I think, that's why I think the whole nuclear weapon thing is BS because you don't need it. Like it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I still, I'm still voting for rabid hamsters with AIDS and you just, well, that happens too. Yeah. yeah. Hungry. Yeah. You don't feed them for a week yeah. and then you, ha- you just yeah, don't make drops. us angry. Cause we got, we got options. We got people plans. we will kill everybody. We got plans. Yeah. But yeah, so the, the, the main thing with the Chernobyl reactor is it, the whole situation that made it have a problem was just jacked from the, from the get go. And it gets, I mean, it's really hard to get to the bottom of it because the technical descriptions are very technical. I, I mean, don't understand nuclear the, the physics, yeah, the removing know. of the rods and dropping of the rods and like right. how many rods have to be there. <clears throat> well, it that, seemed very that, backwards. Well, no, it makes sense because the, the, well, it was saying that the, so you have uranium rods mm-hmm. that are coated and um, the tips are coated with what for is, her what, pleasure yeah they're just, coded for her pleasure the of them, yeah. but what happens is when you they don't ever remove all the rods right like, so some rods are in they pull some out so it's like gas and brakes so when the rods are in the further they are down the less steam buildup can happen in the tunnels okay right so the less less power is created as they pull those rods out more steam, more energy can be created so they get hot. and it gets hotter and you have a bigger cavity. So what happened was, um, from my understanding, I mean, being an engineer, um, <laughs> they went, what was happening? They were, they were, they were losing power at a rapid pace. Right. Um, there was a power spike first. Something happened with the power spike. Well, no, that, that's when it was, that's when it was happening. Okay. Um, so in the beginning, like an hour beforehand, um, they started dropping power. It was like at 500 megawatts. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, they were ordered by instruction to never go below 700 mm-hmm. megawatts. So it was at 500 megawatts. 
On and purpose, it, by the way. Well, no, this no, it was dropping because they were doing a test. Well, this this. So let me finish, Dave. Okay, Jesus Christ. Okay, hey, no. I want to know. So how, what, I want to know how far that is from twenty one point one gigawatts, like a bolt of lightning. Like, is it close? <laughs> uh, it, that didn't bring anything up in Dave. Dave's like not going to say I don't know. Really? We'd have to look it up. But so so anyway, so the, the power was dropping and the, the engineer on site who's who's in charge of controlling the, the power told the head guy like, hey, power is dropping. And he says, well, that's fine. You know, whatever. Calls him a fool. You know, all these guys are fucking stupid. Oh, man. And his... Uh- <laughs> <laughs> All these guys are stupid that are in the room, you know, whatever. This head guy is just, you know, he's an engineer. You're talking about Dr. Stanislav's head guy. Yes. Dr. Head guy. I have his name. Head guy. Yeah. Dr. Head guy. Uh, his name is Antonali. Head guy. Dietilov. Pripriet. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that guy. So uh, he's basically like the head engineer. Um and uh, basically oversees this whole thing and, and has the power to basically tell them, like, what to do and change rules, apparently. Um, so they were ordered never to go under 700 megawatts. They it, it falls below that. It falls to 500. The guys are, you know, not really freaking out, but they're like, hey, this thing's down. Right. Like, we were told not to do this. And he says, no, you're going to do this. And the test's going to resume anyway. The power keeps falling. They get alarms saying that, you know, hey, the, the, um, there's not enough cooling water. Right. They fix that. Some guys switch on two extra auxiliary pumps or something. Yeah. They yeah. switch on more pumps, you know, so they fix that. The power keeps falling. Uh, the At alarms, that point, they should stop. The alar- yeah. They yeah. Not proceed yeah. With the well, test. this, this is the thing. Uh, and from, from what I understand, they thought that theoretically something could go wrong, but they thought by the design that, it, it, it was like one in a 10 million chance. Well, I think chance this, the whole thing they were trying happen. to do, though, what they're trying to do is if they ever experienced a power loss, yes. they have diesel generators for backup, but there's like a, a minute and 30 seconds or yeah. something before those kick on. Yeah. And a minute and 30 seconds in nuclear reactor time is a big deal. I yeah. Guess. So well, what happens is the turbine stops spinning the water, right. the cooling stops. And in this time, um, the... It, it, everything builds, you know, so like if you've fast. ever, yeah. So like if you take a steam pressure washer, like a hot water pressure washer right? and you're, you know, you're steam cleaning something and it's spraying heat and water. If your water runs out and it's just a steam, it's super, it makes super steam. Like it gets super hot, super fast. So this happens on super though. Like, like super, it's called super steam. Like ah. it's crazy. <laughs> like the steam. So normal steam is white, right? right. Like this steam turns blue. Like it's like crazy. Is there such thing as super. Steam? Yeah, I was just giving you a hard time. So uh, that's what they call it anyway. Right. The the pressure washer place. But so this is like on a huge scale. Um, it it will super heat. Man, that was really fast. Yeah. It's because we talked about so, all kind of crazy yeah, stuff. So in, yeah, uh, so back, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Chernobyl. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. Uh-huh. This is the world-famous Sofa King Podcast. Stay tuned and listen to more awesome words.
All right, welcome back. Um, we were talking about, um, actually, I was explaining how basically the rods, the uranium rods work inside the nuclear power plant. Um, I'm and, sure a Russian physicist is going to get it. Well, no, I, I'm not trying to get too technical, yeah. but this is just from the yeah, documentaries the, and stuff no, that good. I watched, yeah. uh, and, and it gave a basic breakdown of how it works. So when so some of the rods are pulled, some of the rods are kept in, and if you, from what I understood, if you pulled all the rods, you basically have no breaks. You can't control the steam right. um, because how a nuclear power plant works is it uh, reacts with uranium. It splits the atom and it makes steam. Right. So the steam goes up and powers. It's just like a coach. Powers a turbine. Yeah. Instead of burning almond shells, they're just having a, a, a breakdown reaction. Yes. So, right. so yeah. So it's a nuclear reaction. It doesn't require any source other than that uranium, but it depletes at a certain rate and it lasts for a really long time. Yeah. So, so you don't have to burn and the, anything. And the rods are huge. Yeah. Like they're these, yeah. the rods yeah. are crazy mm-hmm. big rods. They're gigantic pillars. Um, so I think they're 50 foot in length. Good Lord. Uh, and they're, they're like the diameter on them is just, they're crazy. Um, but they have veins. Yeah. So, so what happened is they kept, they kept losing, they kept, yeah, they have huge veins (laughs) and the head on them is just massive. And when you take them out of the water, they throw, it's like, yeah, it's like a giant baby arm holding an apple. (laughs) Yeah. But just, exactly. Just I couldn't have described them any better. So, so what happens is if you take all these rods out of the reactor, each one of them has their own hole and basically the shoot. When you take all these rods out of the reactor, uh, you have no brakes anymore. You can't control how hot, um, and how, you know, the cool down basically of this reactor. Right. So the power kept dropping. It got down to 200 megawatts. Um, you know, the engineers in there were like, oh, you know, this is going to be bad. You know, like bad things are going to happen. I think the reason they, nervous. they pull the rods is to try to create more power. To no, heat up, right? no. So, yeah. So this, it kept dropping power. Yeah. So they pull um, the rods to heat it up to try to generate power. Yeah. So, um, whatever his face was, um, Ant- Antonino, Antonino, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, Gorbachev, um, he, he basically wanted to do the test at 200 megawatts, which like I said earlier, they weren't supposed to go under 700. 700. He wanted to do the test at 200. They were really resilient against him. They didn't want to do it, but he basically used his power and said, look, I'm the engineer. I'm the one who has the power to change the rules. Everything is safe. Let's do it. Power kept dropping, eventually hit zero. That's when they pulled all the rods. He ordered them to pull all the rods. Uh, The guy on the controls said he, he didn't want to do it. He had another guy do it. They pulled the rods. Now, what happened was they I didn't started see all this controversy. You have like some yeah. There's yeah. The there's a whole insight. yeah. They had a whole fight. In I thought there, they basically. didn't even know because like that guy died. No, no. They they know there's a survivor. Oh. There there was survivors from the control room, and they and some of them lasted really fast though. It yeah, was like you the like head the head guy, um, Antoni um, Antonio Banderas. Uh, Banderas <laughs> yeah, he 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 lived. He lived until like um, he lived for years. I think he lived till like 1994. Or yeah, something. he did the Puss in Boots movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, uh, he actually has accounts. There, there's a video of him talking about this event. Right. Um, but a lot I of the saw other that there was interviews with guys. I was like, how are these guys? Okay? Yeah, there's there's guys alive. Like they, they most of them lived for a while. I mean, only some of them live for first some of them live for a few days pretty quickly. But a well, lot some of them live for a few days. Some of them live for a few. Weeks. I saw guys. Some one, of them live for years. I yeah. thought that one main guy died in like ten hours, though. Well, a couple of the main guys died yeah. like really quick. Um, but the the head guy, the Antonali, he lived. For years, and he even said 
uh, in an interview that it wasn't his fault, that everything he did, um, it should have withstood that, but there was a flaw in the design and that's what caused the meltdown. So basically they, they pulled all the rods, um, and they got power coming back up. The problem was there was a spot in the reactor that was creating this heat that they couldn't see. It wasn't on the, it wasn't on their uh, gauges. It was like this, I guess it was just an unseen spot right. for the sensors. I guess that that's part of the flaw. So it's building heat, building heat, building heat. It's doubling, tripling, and it's just going up and up and up and they can't stop it. They're losing water. They can't cool it. That's where it gets crazy. So by the time now what happens is um, when they introduce the rods back into the reactor, they're going to bring them all back down to try and slow down um, the build. This is what causes the accident. So it wasn't that they lost power and then built it back up. It was when they reintroduced the rods, there was a split second where the heat like quadruples. Right. So it goes from, you know, 1600 megawatts and it quadruples and there's your bomb. It spiked in, well, what I read was it spiked like, yeah, I don't know if it was It spiked times. like seven times or something it like went, that. It was yeah, like seven crazy. times higher than it should Or 700 be. times it, it or something like that. It fractured the rods and when yeah. they when they tried to push them back down or something, it wouldn't, it couldn't move. It was fractured. It, yeah, so it, it, it broke them. The mechanism yeah. was flawed. It wouldn't move. It was jammed basically. Yeah. So at that point they were screwed. And then and the then other thing that skyrocketed. The other thing is it was like a perfect storm because once that happened and there were, it, there, there were several steam explosions that then happened within the water. Right. Yeah. And then that explosion exposed the what they called the graphite moderator mm -hmm, to, air. Um, to air which made the graphite exposed to air completely explode yeah and then that's what caused the massive fire yeah there, there was a couple yeah there was a few explosions there was the first one and everybody heard it and then there was a second one which actually blew everything up right and then the fire it was a radioactive fire that was coming yeah. out of the reactor and yeah. then i guess some of the sensors were damaged and they couldn't detect the radiation leaks correctly so at some yeah. point they didn't even really think the core was exposed they still thought everything even though everything blew up it wasn't okay but they didn't think that the core was actually exposed and one other problem on the on the all this testing that was happening aside from bad calls and bad luck and the perfect storm etc right. one other thing that i read was that everybody was telling what's his name antonio banderas that mm -hmm. they should be doing this during the morning shift right and that the the test started way later than it was right supposed the, to start. they should have done it at the beginning of the morning shift the test would have been done by the end of morning shift and then evening shifts job would have just been regulating the core and getting all the levels back to normal and then by the mid by the night shift everything would have been fine but he started doing it in the middle of the evening shift so even on top of everything else when the test was happening and all this weird stuff was going down in the middle of it there was a shift change you know so all funny? these people are like suddenly walking in and like so what the hell's going on right now and they're like oh this you know antonio banderas is doing this and we're down yeah. to, no. so even in the middle of it there was a shift change that screwed everything up even more yeah. and, and no matter where you work the night shift always blames the yeah. morning shift right like it doesn't yeah. matter if it's denny's walmart <laughs> chernobyl right. yeah That's it's right. always it's, like, it's all the same they didn't do the stuff they're supposed to do when they're closing so then you get this massive nuclear fire Right, which is why yeah. it was. I mean, and, and the the fire is why most people say that it's worse than Fukushima, yeah. because it wasn't just that there happened to be a nuclear meltdown. It wasn't just the the radiation. Yeah. This fire, this the smoke, like the nuclear the smoke. smoke. Apparently, the, it was beautiful though. Someone said yeah. the explosion yeah. was like glowing rainbow. Yes. And it, yeah, I don't know how high. It I'm was, sure it would eight be tons. Eight there's tons, a 16,000 pounds of radioactive material got air, in the airborne. There's a book um, 
called Voices from Chernobyl, and it, it got the Nobel uh, Prize in Literature. It's from a woman named Svetlana Alexievich. And uh, she interviewed, she went around about 10 years after Chernobyl and she interviewed survivors of of all walks of life, all levels of wealth, political power, no power, kids, whatever. Yeah. And Um, I watched the movie and she like, she started out, she had uh, long brown hair, beautiful hair. By the end of the documentary, she was bald with a, with a, you know, stocking cap on. Is that real? You made that up. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> but she interviewed a bunch of people and consistently like all of them said it was like like the fire was this amazingly weird, beautiful thing. Like everyone was just out all night watching this fire because yeah. it was so beautiful. Bad idea. And bad idea. You know, and the thing it like just breathing in the smoke. When you read this book, it's it, it feels like you're reading a book that was written in like the freaking Middle Ages. Like no one knew what radiation was. Mm-mm. No one knew there was anything that yeah. could be dangerous. Dangerous. They all knew there were, that it was a radioactive plant, but they didn't know what it meant. They were so um, pacified by Soviet, you know, information control. Yeah, a lot that of none. Of, like there were a handful of nuclear physicists that were there, and they were like Paul Bunyan status, like running through the streets and like get inside, like get some iodine, like you know, put wet uh, put wet blankets over the windows, like do, you know, go into your basement. That's like, what's so creepy, you know. And everybody sure. was like, no one listened to the scientists because they were like, what the hell is yeah. this guy talking about? Well, like until all, the state tells me all something. All that stuff where they're walking around, it's invisible. It's it, you, everything looks like a pristine forest. You're just mm-hmm. walking yeah. around mm-hmm. and you don't think there's anything wrong. And a distance of like five feet could, could be your living or dead. Like yeah. your little rad meter could say 30 and then you walk next to like this metal object and it could spike to 1600. Well, and if you stand there for 10 minutes, you'll have a lethal. And dose. the problem is most yeah. of the dosometers, are in, at, when you re, uh, read through the book, a lot of the people who had dosometers and their job was to walk around and see what dosage of radiation things were. When you got closer to the plant, everything was just off the chart. Yeah. Like the, the dosometers only well, went so high. Yeah. So they would get nearby and they would be like, Bing, mm. they're just pinning. You know? And yeah. it wasn't even like off the charts on some of the dosometers wasn't even a big deal because they weren't very good dosometers. A lot yeah. of them weren't. Um, they were just like civil protection, like really crappy. It was just like, oh, there's some radiation here. Yeah. So it's like you have no idea that it's not just there's you don't some know radiation the here. Because yeah. everything I read is you can you can get exposed to 500. I have no idea if I'm Pronouncing it right, five hundred rentgens per hour, right? Yeah, um, and then you, and that's a lethal exposure is yeah. five hundred rentgens per hour. They sent people on the roof. The firefighting crew was on the roof the day of it, and they were getting exposed to upwards of twenty thousand an hour. Thirty-one yeah. firefighters died. Like there that, were that night, there were people, and even soldiers. Like even well, after the is, fire, when, once the fire was out, they were sending soldiers up because they had to clean the radioactive debris on top was so bad they had to get rid of it. And the soldiers were all briefed and told. You can only spend 60 seconds on the roof ever, period. And that's as much as you can absorb without getting sick. Yeah, they were supposed to shovel, throw it in a hole, and And leave. But they would have to go up like six or seven times a day for like 90 seconds. So, yeah. So, and it's just like, ugh. What's crazy is there was a lot of good Samaritans too who just went in to help. They had no protective gear. Nothing. Almost and, and, everyone. And yeah. They went in with wheelbarrows and like just crazy, you know, little tools and shovels and stuff to try and like put dirt on this thing, yeah. you know, like, and 
nothing they, nothing they said, and again uh, yeah go ahead because no one ever lives to tell the story so no one knew what radiation exposure felt like yeah but the firefighters said they could taste a metallic taste <laughs> everybody in their mouth, said that, and it yeah. felt like there's pins no, there, all over their body no yeah. there was uh one of the guys um i forget his last name his name is sasha um he actually was inside um when it happened mm-hmm. and he was actually one of the survivors um and he said that he's had seven skin grafts this is from uh, 2004, I believe. So he had seven skin grafts, and uh, his it didn't show up until he got to the hospital. Like hours later, his body started burning from the inside out. Right. And when they peeled the sheets back, his skin just came off with it. Yeah. Um, and he said he still has problems to this day. He can't touch like petrol or you know fuel or oil or anything like that because you just went full on Russian. Petrol. Petrol. That's what he said. I'm just, I don't even know what that is. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, he can't touch gas or oil or anything like that because his skin will just basically melt off and he'll bleed and they can't, it won't repair itself. He is, like, he is crazy... a super villain now, though. He does have, other yeah, powers, he, yeah. yeah, he's yeah, pretty, he like, power. that's pretty crazy. Like, he can he, melt it and, and again, so, like, the you, you talk about the fact that it's volunteers. And again, it's one of the things that really struck me about the book Voices from Chernobyl is almost everyone in the book, like, they're a bus pulled up in some town away from uh, Pripyat and they say, hey, the Chernobyl <laughs> reactor burnt down. We need like loyal, you know, because again, this is the middle of like Soviet Russia, like communism. And they were like, we need loyal comrades to get on this bus and go to Chernobyl. And everyone like newlyweds, baby, like yeah. babies, like they were just like yeah. peace, like I'm out. And ev- I mean, I read it and I was like, like so proud of these people. They're like, yeah. even ones who knew, it's like even like, they, yeah, even engineers who are like, I know I'm going to go and I'm going to die because of this radiation, even though no one around me knows, yeah, but you're helping, yeah. but they're, they all did it. Like it was like, I, I honestly hope that if something like that in America happened, that Americans would be that brave <laughs> and self-sacrifice because keep hoping it was, keep hoping it was. And granted, a lot of it might be the fact that they really didn't know what they were in for because of the radiation, right. et cetera. But even the ones that did were like, no, I signed up. I went, you know, and granted, they still thought when I got there, I was going to get a suit or I was going to get whatever. And nope. they were like, here's some rubber clothes yeah. and a bottle here's of vodka. A, here's a pair of rubber boots. <laughs> like, yeah. And they just sent them out. Hammer it out. But, but they knew and they went and, and. Yeah, they had helicopters flying over and like they yep. were dropping like boron or something, yeah. lead yeah. and dirt on top of it. Oh, yeah. lead. They're just breathing in the lead. Too. Yeah, yeah, lead was burning wow. and melting onto yep. it. So Sun. they dropped 5,000 pounds of material over that reactor to try to see. And again, it, the the, the even the helicopter pilots who were much more knowledgeable about nuclear, you know, reactors and so forth, they all knew I'm flying directly over the exposed core yeah. and I have no protection. Yeah. And they knew and they just kept going back and they kept going back. And one of the pilots in the book is even saying he was talking to one of his commanding officers and at, and like at one point his commanding officer was saying you know we need to do this part of the containment plan and it's going to take um three people and we need to do this part and it's going to take six people and he wasn't saying it's going to take three people to pitch in and get it done no, it, he meant it's going to take it's them. going to kill three people but we have to do that and then I, we have to do the next part and it's going to kill six people and you know these are the six people yeah. And then this is going to kill nine people. And those are the nine. Like he was and just flat out. Did it. Yeah. And it's like, and th- when I first started reading the book, I was like, what a bunch of bastards. I was just like, no one's being told. No one has any like, you know, equipment to protect themselves. 
themselves and they were just throwing up. I've read estimate estimates of upwards of 800,000 volunteers from different areas went in to help yeah. with, with the cleanup. And most of them didn't know. And most of them, the, the government didn't help. But then at the same time, I think what option did the government have? Yeah. If they didn't contain this thing, it would have exploded even worse and Europe would have been destroyed. Right. I mean, so it's like, at first I was like, these bastards are just like throwing bodies at it. But then I was like, I don't know what choice they had. Yeah, the firefighters were standing there spraying and they said, uh, like, there's a story where one of them like kicked the thing on the ground. He's like, is that graphite? Like, is that graphite? Yeah. And they noticed like, nah. And then they were making jokes about, well, we probably won't be here tomorrow. Like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then 30, and even 31 of them died. Like, even oh, the party members in the town, like they were like every, like they, the ones who fully knew about the radiation. Yeah. And this was right before the May Day parade, which is like a big, like Soviet thing. And they were like, we still have to have the May Day parades because it's going to be bad for morale and we have to keep everyone working. So like even people who knew going outside and doing all this stuff is going to give us like these really bad doses and they made their children go yeah and they went and stood there because they were like if i don't show up with my children everybody else isn't gonna and they're gonna be like what the hell so they were like willing to sacrifice themselves and their children to keep everyone you see, working uh, on the effort and it's just like oh my the God. divers that had to swim under the cooling pond thing no. to like release the valves so like they got all that lead and all that stuff dropped on it but then all of a sudden the core and all the material started to melt through the concrete slab and beneath, beneath the concrete slab was a giant water reservoir so if it melted through <laughs> and hit it it would re-explode and just yeah. blow everything up that they just piled on it so they needed to drain it and the only way to do it was to send some scuba divers under there so like Ugh. three or four guys to their death swam under and their lights went out i think because of radiation or something like yeah it wouldn't work so they had to blindly just follow a pipe in the dark under a nuclear reactor to go find valves to and open it can it. blow up right yeah. now and then like, they came out and uh, they got the valves open and they came up and everyone was like yeah you got it like the, the water's draining and they're like clapping and then they they just died like hours later yeah, yeah. because they're so oh, I'm started, sure they, they started hacking up blood I'm and throwing sure that, up yeah. And yeah yeah and and one of the things um you said graphite. That's mm -hmm. what the that's what the shafts, the uranium shafts, were coated with. Is okay. the graphite? That's what that's what made that reaction happen. Right. I couldn't think of what it was, but that's what it was. So, and that's what they call the moderator. So yeah. it moderates the flow yeah. of radiation. I'm so, guessing. but it was highly radio. It was more radioactive than anything. Yeah, because of the way the graphite absorbs the yeah. the radiation. But it just looks like a rock to you, and you pick it up, and you don't know that you just picked up this rock, and it filled your body with like cesium and all this. Well, stuff just, being, with your just being just being by it, just mm -hmm. being by it. You're just getting that's the radiation. pins and needles. Those things yeah. are passing through your yeah. body and, and bonding to your yeah. molecules. Crazy. Yeah. Chernobyl was uh, was no joke. 400, uh, 400 times uh, greater radiation fallout than Hiroshima and Nagasaki yeah. combined. 400 wow. times. So um, I have a couple of things about the Antonali guy who the head engineer guy that was in there. Antonio um, Banderas. Antonio Banderas. When we come back. I like Antonali. It sounds like an Italian spread for it a sandwich. It is. He's, he's straight up, uh, <laughs> straight up Russian. Um, <laughs> I want to yeah, Antonali on my sandwich, yeah, please. An Anatoly. Anatoly and Brie. Dyatolovovich? I don't even know. Whatever. Separate yourself from the morons. Listen to more on SofaKingPodcast.com. Stay tuned through the break. All right, welcome back. Um, right before the break, I mentioned that I was going to talk about the uh, Anatoly Banderas. Um, what, is that his name? Mm -hmm. An Antonio. Yeah. Um, he, was he was the, the head, head scientist at Anatoly Chernobyl. Anatoly 
Dyatlov. Dyat, Dyat, I am bad with Russian names. Dyatlov? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, he was the deputy chief engineer uh, who was supervising the test, who actually made all the calls on pulling the rods, putting the rods back in, the right. cooling, all that good stuff, which in turn blew up the reactor um, due to a faulty reactor in the first place. Um one of the things I was going to mention was that he was involved with the nuclear subs, the nuclear sub program that the Russians had. Um, there was an incident involving one of the subs where he was exposed to three lifetimes of radiation. So this guy was exposed to three lifetimes of radiation, lived, went home, and exposed his son and his wife and gave his son leukemia, and his son died. So this guy has a chip on his shoulder already about these nuclear power plants. But then they let him go to work at a nuclear power plant. He's it, it, well. Part of this was um, one of the, the one of the documentaries I watched. Part of this was a, a party thing. So right. when we say party, I'm talking about the political system. Right. Right? This is party. This is the USSR still. Right. This is Gorbachev with his head stain. You know, um, and you need to back off on head stains. Yeah. Oh my bad. for those of you don't know who can't see dave has a port wine stain on his head so he he is uh black gorbachev i am black gorbachev um so uh this is a party thing this is um has to do with politics um he he was part of that party system um the head the head engineer um who was actually asleep in the barracks um or or dorms or whatever they called them was part of that also who really wasn't qualified and they they said in this video that he was not qualified to be uh the chief engineer of a nuclear power plant wow. he came from an electrical power plant which is completely different um, Gorbachev had only been in office for like one year at this time too. Yeah. And so, um, so this guy goes home, gives his son leukemia because of the radiation dose that he was, he was basically radiating radiation. Um, so don't be around this guy. Uh, after Chernobyl, he, this guy lives, I mentioned he lived for years after, uh, he was in prison. Um, he did, he did a bunch of hard time, but because of his, uh, state, you know what I mean? Absorbing as much radiation as he did. Uh, they, they didn't make him serve all of his time. Um, but he, he was exposed to seven lifetimes of radiation after Chernobyl. And I read that globally, people who weren't within like a high radiation radius, like people in the United States or wherever, like because anyone who was alive during Chernobyl apparently absorbed an extra 21 days worth of background radiation for the course of their life. Even yeah. If you were nowhere near Chernobyl. I wonder so if you had all. cancer at the time, if that helped you. No. Like no. just kill your cancer? No? No. It How does that work? They give you radiation treatment. What happens is it gives you- I guess you, it gives you cancer, huh? No, that's like localized radiation to kill specific cells like by targeting them. But when you get overall radiation exposure, it, causes, it can cause a mutation of your actual DNA or a cell. And what happens with that is it, 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 high, it raises the rate of um, if you have a high probability or you're already susceptible to a specific condition- or cancer of mutation Basically gives you it. It, it. it makes the, the chances that you're going to get a lot. Oh, wow. More because and I know there's different cell. There, the other thing is there's different types of radiation. There's like alpha radiation, beta radiation, gamma radiation. And I know that the, the, a lot of the people were exposed to alpha radiation and the alpha radiation is stuff that can't 
it isn't powerful enough to even penetrate your skin. It has to be consumed or breathed in. Mm -hmm. So if there was like radioactive dust kicked up, then it's going to be in your body because you're breathing it in. Or if you eat radioactive food or drink radioactive water, which what else did they have to eat and drink but radioactive food and water? So I can tell you about that. What happens with the three major killers that came out of that is there's iodine-131, strontium-90, and cesium-137. And what happens is iodine is the fallout. That one's got a half-life of eight days. That's the one that's floating around and that you're going to breathe in, you're going to get exposed to. And the problem with it is it's an iodine molecule and it resembles iodine. And so like when you eat and you get iodized salt, um, your thyroid absorbs that because we need it. Oh, the uh, thyroid cancer went up after so, that. So yeah, yes. if you have any Radically, deficiency yeah. or any availability for um, iodine to be accepted, you will take in the iodine-131 and it will bond uh, incorrectly to the thyroid. And that is why anyone who is a prepper or lives near a nuclear reactor, you should buy iodine tablets. I have them here. I thought about it. I was like, where are they yeah, at though? I don't know soon, where they're at. Oh, you know what? Because yeah. it's... As soon as there's a nuclear event, if you take the iodine capsule, then it fills your thyroid with iodine so that the radioactive iodine cannot be absorbed. I was going to say, I I bought some of those. Yeah, I have them here. I need to find them, though, because it's like you got to do it quick. Mine are in my bug out bag. The other thing is strontium-90, and the the problem with that is it resembles um, calcium. So the molecular structure is similar to calcium, and your bones will absorb it. And and there are places where you have calcium deficiency. So what what do we do for that? What do we, what do we, what do we do? You know what the, no, no, actually I did too. This the, is the uh, editing. If you're going to edit for radio, uh, you're going to have fun. to check this one. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Russians were actually, uh, the, the, sorry, the Soviets were telling the volunteers and they were giving them all as they went in, they were giving them like nothing to protect Calcium them because they didn't have anything. And they were giving them vodka. And they were saying, you need to drink a lot of vodka Just get every drunk. night yeah. beca- because it actually I'm, helps. I'm glad you said that because Rosie at the coffee shop told me if I was going to talk about something, make sure you t- – and I couldn't find anything on it actually. But they said if you drink, it causes you to expel or something. Like if you, Well, there's, there's two things. A, the vodka acts as a diuretic. So you could also drink coffee. You could also drink a lot of tea. But the idea is it's going to for- – it's, it's going to force liquid in your body to expel itself. So right. any – if you're someone – like if you've ever worked out – out a lot or haven't worked out and then suddenly worked out and your weight fluctuates by several pounds and it's actually what we call water weight. Right. It's because your body is retaining water around the muscles to protect them and you do not want that to happen if you're exposed to those types of radiation right. because the radioactive food, et cetera, it's being stored there. So you want diuretics that are going to help to purge that from your system and the most uh, abundant diuretic they had was vodka. So they were telling everyone and B, it let everyone get you know smashed at night and ignore that they're all going to die from this stuff, but they were giving everyone vodka and, um, and apparently it did help. I mean, not as much so, as like a radiation suit, but the other thing, yeah, is, yeah, but, really. but they were, the people were <laughs> so convinced the workers, and it talks about this in that, in that book. They were so convinced about the effects of vodka that when they ran out of vodka, they were drinking anything. They were drinking paint cleaner. They were drinking nail polish remover because A, it was getting them drunk and B, it was still going to serve. And and there was another thing about some weird genetic mutation thing that specifically vodka did at a cellular level that also helped a little bit. But no, they were given vodka and told to drink it copiously because even if you drank radioactive water. 
then you still have radioactive water stuck right. in your system. But if you drank radioactive vodka, it's going to flush itself out of your system and you're not going to be stuck with radioactive molecules inside of your body. You're going to be peeing like a them chelating out. effect. Yeah. The last one before you go, Brett, yeah. cesium um, resembles a potassium molecule. And so that absorbs into muscle tissue and whatnot. So it hits you on all levels. Like right. it's going to knock you. It's going to fill up your thyroid with the uh, iodine-131. Strontium goes into your bones and then cesium goes into your flesh. And so that's the problem too with eating uh, animals a lot of people now after the fallout like hunt wild boars and i'll talk about that later but there's like a bioaccumulation effect right like when you eat a boar you're eating like crazy amounts of radiation yeah and it also depends like those three types of radiation and i forget it what it was different being exposed to different types of things and at different distances so yeah, if you like the tomato yeah. crop was growing and you ate it you're being exposed to the least troublesome of it that you can flush out of your system and that's going to be the alpha yeah. radiation but if you're like standing near the the uh, graphite moderator you're getting beamed through your I just body i understand the the half life though it says like that the iodine's only bad for 8 days and the other one's 28 years the other one's 30 years respectively like shouldn't that be done then shouldn't it burned itself out shouldn't it have, it should have uh called uh like i think the, it's still creating it's uh, still radiation it's though. still going to be creating radiation and a lot of it isn't i mean you i mean there's tourists that go to to seven thousand per year yeah, no it's because the rate yeah. the radiation isn't so bad because those things that had the short granted i mean it took 10 days to put out the fire right so anything that had an eight day shelf life it's still being generated constantly yeah. Yeah. and it still took months for the cleanup right. i mean even once the fire was put out there's still you know holes everywhere that crazy radiation that can penetrate anything has now penetrated the walls so your walls have a higher half-life than that right. eight yeah. day thing so well, there's, yeah, everything there's, was, there, was and there's videos of people radiation. with like the radiation monitors like standing in front of chernobyl and i'm like you're asking for it you know what i mean like you're just gonna be walking out and a lump's gonna pop up on the back of your head <laughs> like looking like a, a mutant but no the 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 thing with the vodka or drinking like drinking beer any type of like you said diuretic uh it's actually for a specific form of radiation which we just talked about different there's different right, types right. um and it's tritium Okay. So it's it's hydrogen uh, weighed down by two extra ne neutrons, and that actually helps you uh, keep that out of your system. So makes sense. So, I mean, so that helps with the, that specific type, but you know the other ones it it doesn't do anything against. So and so. Take your uh, iodine pill. If you don't have iodine pill, mm -hmm. just like eat something with a lot of salt. Yep. And get some iodine salt. So basically, if a nuclear reactor melts down near you, get pissed drunk and eat a lot of salty pretzels. And yeah, you're that, good. Hel that helps. You're covered. Well, that helps. You're Except for you got good. bone cancer. Yeah. But that'll take But a at least you're drunk with pretzels, so you're not yeah. going to, you know. And just drink a lot of milk, I guess. No, milk doesn't have a lot of vitamin D. Right. Uh, and the milk's going to be radioactive anyway. Yeah, which it doesn't have a lot time, of vitamin right? D. I thought that's nah. what milk did have. No, nah, it doesn't. That's That's a... Thing. But that was another, that was another thing conspiracy. is the, the, I mean, the cows themselves were irradiated, so you couldn't drink the milk, like all these people. And the, the thing is this area, the, a lot of people, like they grew food as part of substance. I mean, it was, it was part of the Soviet regime. There were food rations, like, you know, every area only got so much food. So this was people <laughs> who grew crops on their land. Like they hunted in the forest to supplement their food and they oh, planted yeah. crops yeah. every single, so this is late April, fishing. early May. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're fishing, they're hunting, yeah. they're they growing crops. No. Prepriet. They did not tell Prepriet for three days. Right. Um, and so but those he, people were just well, there was there were, even there the were 600,000 people they had to evacuate. And then they and told it, them, it just, grab, them, the, just weeks. grab your papers, your money, and anything that's kind of important. We'll be back in, in three days to two weeks or something. It's just a temporary evacuation. That way they could keep everybody calm. And the announcements were really weird. It was a lot of that... Um, and it was really bad to tell them to take food. And the camaraderie thing. Yeah, they said take yeah. some food. That was a really bad idea. Yeah. Like you shouldn't have taken food. No. Because the food was irradiated. Yeah. And the can would have been irradiated to the point that if you went to, you got off a train in another city, you're now holding something that's, that's going to irradiate that's the people who you go stay with. That's what's scary about radiation. It just gets into everything. Yeah. Like a rock on the ground. Will just, just be emanating radiation. Yeah. yeah. Like crazy. It seems like there's some kind of like anti-radiation. Like you could oxidize the radiation molecule like what cancels a cesium molecule you know like couldn't you just somehow aerosol spray an area that that cancels that we haven't figured that out can't like take cesium in a lab and counteract it with something i'm sure they're thinking about it yeah i don't know but there was one of the like one of the worst stories the book the voices from chernobyl the opening story which really sets the tone is about this like 19 year old girl who married a fireman like right before who lived in, in, uh, Pripyat and she was, uh, he was one of the immediate first responders sent to put out the fire (laughs) and he fought the fire for something like three days and he got so sick. They immediately took him to, uh, uh, Moscow. So she goes with him to Moscow and he's just instantly dying. I mean, he's like, they, they check him in along with the other ones and he's dying and he's, he's absorbed so much radiation that they have him in this special wing of the hospital that the doctors and nurses don't even want to go into like he's in this like shielded room her husband he's is. in containment yeah. and he's in containment because he himself is a radioactive he's threat quarantined so yeah. but she's like like you read it, it's uh, it breaks your freaking heart like she loves this guy so much like she's like weeping and like fighting doctors like she refuses to to like leave his side and they're like you can't go in there you're going to die and she's yeah. like i'm going in there you're not going to stop now me. she has to go Well, no, 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 but she's so... She's so can well, no, I mean, she didn't absorb. They would they would check her every time she came in and out right. of the room. But the doctors and the nurses, which is kind of a jack move, eventually were like, "Okay, look, lady, if you're so certain that you want to go in there and be with your husband, let's show you how to do these medical procedures." <laughs> so that's that's, oh, that's so, man. They don't want to do. She starts spending all this time with her husband. She starts going in and out, and they kept checking her, and she was fine. Radiation. I mean, she was definitely absorbing radiation, but and not tell, but not enough. To but kill the her. weird. thing thing was um she was t- and i don't know how accurate this is but she was pregnant through this whole thing like yeah. she had she was pregnant with with his baby and he died and they buried him and the other firefighters in some special grave in yeah. moscow and that then they she had, had to, a gremlin they had to like put like they had to like triple case the caskets with their bodies in it because they were so radioactive yeah so and they didn't want the entire graveyard to be radioactive <laughs> but it turned out like talk just the weirdness of radiation like she barely suffered any effects from the radiation yeah. because her fetus absorbed all of the radiation oh. that was being uh, shot into her body. Her body was being constantly oh. dosed with radiation and it was, I guess, heading to the weakest point, which was those brand new fetus cells. So she ended up like giving a stillbirth to this highly radioactive dead baby. 
and it's just like Jesus off. I mean, it seems like that would still transfer to you somehow. But she still got it. But the, the doctors all said the only reason you're alive is because of this. Wow, crazy. That, that's a, that's sad. Yeah, that sucks. And the whole thing is like her voice, ta- like talking about how much she loved him and how heart. Oh, it was it's horrible. That's I for, rough. I forgot rough. that I uh, I posted on Facebook and a bunch of people said oh. a bunch of stuff. Some yeah. uh, Corey. Jay Coulter said, um, how about the sell of appliances from abandoned buildings that ended up on the black market? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> no, no. Soldiers were being told to oh, shoot looters and man. the soldiers didn't want to shoot their own countrymen because it's just a looter. Like, I don't want to shoot this guy. But the thing was, yeah, they're going to take this they're TV kill everybody. and they're going to go sell it in Moscow and everyone in the living room is going to die from their TV. Yeah. He said that there was radioactive junkers that would go in and loot the buildings and then it, that stuff oh ended up all God. over Europe mm-hmm. and then you could like test it and be like oh like this, this that's stove from Russia. came yeah. from Chernobyl yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. wow that's pretty that'd cool. be kind of cool to have a piece of history but not that, not that. piece of history <laughs> like no. man no like oh yeah what's that over there what's that big rod over there in the like, corner I, yeah, oh that's I, a piece of uranium a, from yeah, the Chernobyl of, no. explosion I want a, I want a TV that was stolen what? from uh, Chernobyl <laughs> and sold somewhere else in Europe a week before that's like an before evil the dude that's my evil serial killer plan <laughs> I make I'm gonna make a bunch of furniture I, I'm gonna make a hotel it. yeah I'm gonna make a hotel and then get a bunch of furniture from Chernobyl, like, and just make furniture out of the rods right. and like all this stuff. And just everybody just come and stay. That's a bad like, They always wonder why I'm walking around in a suit. But yeah, that's, that's so rough. one other guy, uh, Philip John Davey had the same problem I had. He said, I played the map on Call of Duty. So I pretty much feel like I've been to Chernobyl. <laughs> then he said, cough, cough. Yeah, that was uh, the whole. <laughs> you yeah. just give yourself anyone like who a, played that call. I forget which one it was. Yeah, the Ferris wheel. I remember yeah. the Ferris wheel. And, the and you're a cars. sniper yeah. in Chernobyl and all that. They did a really good job you, on that yeah, map, too, because it's yeah. super accurate. Like, well, when I, I was watching that, I, I mentioned a, all I of mentioned it. a Brent, too. We, in the uh, amusement park episode, the amusement parks, one of the one of the Parks. It was like the creepiest park in America, or not in America, but in the world, was the 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 theme park. It was in just vicinity. Built. It was yeah. brand new. Yeah, yeah. in vicinity of, of Chernobyl. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's just this creepy, it's in, yeah, it was weird in place. Prepariet. It was yeah. going to open as part of their May Day celebration. In five and all days, this stuff. it was supposed yeah. to open five days yeah. later, so it never opened. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So it's this creepy, just yeah. You see like the bumper cars. Yeah. And the, there's people oh. that take pictures there now. Oh like, yeah, it, it's it's a guy. Uh, a guy I work with, a friend of mine. He he went to that very region and he had a lot of photos and they were very stunning and. creepy creepy and stark and there's just he's just walking up I, a road towards the area and there's a sign that's probably a quarter the size of a stop sign yeah. that says in Russia you're entering a highly radioactive zone this area is restricted and it's just like yeah. on a road covered up by bushes yeah you're nobody trimmed them like, back yeah like I, just, oh, yeah it's, it's one of those things like I would like to travel there and I, I would like to see I would like to go I think I'd do it I, I think I would too I'd just we'll, stay we'll, on the path we'll talk more about Chernobyl terrorism, uh, terrorism, travel, uh, <laughs> tourism momentarily. If you're listening on we the radio, download. Yeah, we can't blow up what's already been blown up, Dave. Stay tuned. We'll keep talking at you. <laughs> and remember, don't be a retard. Just heard a radio edition of the Sofa King podcast. To hear an uncut version of this episode or listen to a separate web only podcast every Tuesday, visit SofaKingPodcast.com or find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or your favorite podcast app. You can reach the Sofa Kings at Sofa King Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
All right, welcome back. Uh, we're we're on the web web edition now. Uh, I don't need to cuss because I actually I already cussed earlier. And yeah, so did, <laughs> there were I did a too. couple of f bombs yeah. in the in the yeah. show. I think but, um, last week's radio episode, I you said fuck and I couldn't find it, so it's in there somewhere sprinkled okay, in. Good. I could not find uh, it for the life of me. I even wrote down the time and it wasn't there. And I I listened mm. to it and I just could not find it. So it was for crying out loud. So. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was like uh-huh. fucker, like straight up. <clears throat> So, so we're still, we still have a few more things that we want to say about uh, Chernobyl. One yeah. thing that they talk about, again, in that Voices from Chernobyl book, um, a lot of the people in there are talking about the fact that they were worried about the Chernobyl power plant, like the locals, because people from the party kept busting people while the, while the thing was being built, people in town kept getting busted because all of a sudden this house would have an extra bedroom added onto it. And when they went to investigate, it was made from studs and cement and drywall (laughs) that was supposed to be used in constructing the Chernobyl power plant, but constructing the Chernobyl power plant in this era of Soviet like rationing of everything, like they gave them exactly what they needed to build the power plant. So everything that was found in town that built something else meant something in the power plant wasn't fucking built right. Well, so that's another thing. The other thing with that was they, they had, um, the roof was supposed to be uh, made out of fireproof materials, (laughs) which didn't exist. (laughs) These fireproof materials didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. So they made it with combustible materials. (laughs) Like yeah. makes sense, right? Yeah. So the 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 two main guys who built the power plant, uh, or, or they didn't build it, but they were uh, they were in charge of overseeing it. Actually, got a huge bonus for um, making sure that this power plant got built on time, right? And so they cut a massive amount of corners um, and just just whatever they could find to put it together, get it done. Um, they were supposed to do the test that they performed that night that exploded it. Um, they were supposed to do that test before it was open. Oh, really? Should have never been open oh, wow. without that test being done. Wow. Because they didn't know if it could handle it or not. Right. You know, like they, they didn't know. So, uh, it was running. Um, and from what I understand, um, they, they were performing these tests now. They were required, um, because of, uh, in one of the wars, they got bombed. Like one of the power plants got bombed mm-hmm. and in, in, you know, being bombed the, you know, to be able to have everything, uh, stay cool after being bombed to make sure that the generators would go up, that would, you know what I mean? That everything right. would be okay. Right. Um, they were supposed to be performing these tests. So that's one of the reasons they were doing these tests in the first place, which is kind of scary. Well, they had tried those think tests they would uh, years prior, <clears throat> yeah. always with negative results. They were trying to use the spin down of the turbine to like generate energy as it spun down yeah. to compensate for the time until the generators kicked on. Yeah. And it, it's, it never worked. And then they tried to retest in, in really bad situation like, yeah, it, with all those other things going on. Does make any sense what i thought was really interesting is you know everyone thought because of that fallout that it was just going to be like a desert like no man land no life you know it's just right. it's a radiated zone and so one of the things i watched was like an animal planet uh life after chernobyl documentary and it's all the animals have well, huge dicks they huge bears with giant <laughs> yeah. no they already have <laughs> bears already have big ones i think i don't know i don't, I don't think so they're not as big as those veiny uranium rods though <laughs> <laughs> so what they found is though biologists went in and some of the species were thriving better than they were prior and they didn't know yeah. if it's like oh they're not being hunted just people aren't there yeah. <clears throat> possibly um but some of them 
it's weird. Like some of the, like there were some horses that they actually put there, a certain breed of horses. It's like a prehistoric, 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 like older type of horse. Like it's, it branched off earlier than traditional horses did. Yeah. And it's, it was like a rare species that was almost extinct and they put them there because oh, great. they knew Makes sense. they'd be left alone. But it seemed weird that yeah, they put them in a radioactive zone. So they've gone back years later and the, all of a sudden the population started to um, diminish and they don't know why. So they did like fecal samples. And what they found is um, through that thing I was talking about earlier, bioaccumulation, um, they started to have a buildup of cesium. So they took, and they're not allowed to le- take anything out of the the zone. What's it called? The something zone? Uh, nothing? Yep, Whatever that zone, yep. that, that dedicated zone that you're mm-hmm. not allowed to leave from. Yep, the, the fun zone. Yeah, fun we'll call zone. it the fun zone, but it's not called that. But, the fun um, zone that's not really so fun. So they have to build their own little labs in abandoned buildings to test this stuff. So they tested a fecal sample from horses, and the cesium spike was like off the charts. And it's because... <clears throat> it's the same thing that I talked about about in another episode about pollutants. So like insects go around and, and forage for whatever the heck an insect eats. And there's a bunch of little radioactive materials. So every little ladybug has 10 of radio, you know, radiation particles. And then a bird comes up and eats 10 bugs. Uh, now that bird has a hundred. Yeah. Right. And then a fox catches this bird and he's, he eats 10 birds yeah. a day and he's got a thousand now. So the further up the food chain you get, the worse it gets. And the horses, um, because of whatever in their diet or however long they've eaten, have accumulated this. Well, you would um, assume they're bones. eating the grass and stuff. They're grazing <clears throat> on this, this, radioactive yeah, I guess. land but the, it was most prominent in things like boars and then people in the outlying areas those boars get away they can't keep yeah. them fenced in they take off and then people hunt the boar for food yeah um and they're getting huge amounts of radiation by yeah. eating that there's radioactive wolves that are showing like excessive aggression did you guys watch that no huh? These wolves no, i are, saw something about that earlier <clears throat> they're super aggressive um and they don't wolves don't normally attack people yeah let alone groups of people yeah <clears throat> man i cannot clear my throat um Someone talk. I'm drinking moonshine. Okay? I can't get my throat clear. No. <laughs> well, no. I, I, um, one thing. It's not on the wolves, but the just talking about all the accumulation of the food in the in the area. <laughs> Did that help? Go behind a sound blanket. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that better? Yes, okay. better. It's almost Tyrone-ish. Get, get I ain't back. even choking myself right now, man. That's Tyrone's cousin. Get back, get back to the wolves. Larange. <laughs> his name's Larange. Larange, that's his yeah, other Larange. Um, <laughs> so these wolves were um, displaying super aggressive behavior. Ain't seen you in a minute, homie. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I had a black guy voice. Yeah. Um, and so they took night cameras because apparently they hunt at night. And these wolves were just like eating food by themselves and growling into the darkness and snarling and just whatnot. Angry. And apparently groups of wolves have started to band together and were attacking groups of people. Oh, um, shit. And that's not normal behavior. So like, and the oh, look at the nice wolves. Oh, uh, put the baby in the car, yeah, honey. Exactly. Keep yeah. that in mind when yeah. you're doing your, your Chernobyl. There was yeah, like when a, you're hiking around Chernobyl, yeah. watch out for the fucking wolves that are going to yeah. attack you. There was you. like a group of 300 radioactive wolves that have band together and they go hunt in packs. It's like super scary. Wouldn't that be crazy? Just mm. 300 wolves just mobbed up on you. Like you're out there with your backpack it would only on take and three. your radiation mob. <laughs> I think it takes I'm just saying, three. like, if you just yeah. seen like this, this like massive, mass, yeah. like 300 yeah. pack of wolves. But That's I mean, awesome. and, and a big part of it is, is this idea. I mean, again, you know, looking at that book, you, you have like stories of people who's once they got recruited, they were sent there, you know, or volunteered rather, they're sent to this area and they were told based on skill sets they have like, oh, you can fire a gun pretty well well then you're gonna be a hunter yep and their job was to shoot 
every living being that wasn't a human yeah. and kill it and because dispose You have to realize all the cats and dogs were left exactly. behind. And they were pretty like they were pretty fucking traumatized because they were having to go door by door and, and this is shortly kill, after kill and just open up the doors and see like these hungry cats and hungry dogs that shoot were locked them. inside and just fucking shoot them because you know yeah. at that point they knew and then but I mean every single animal that was out there every bird they found like they had to shoot every single animal that they saw. That would just get tiring. Yeah and they were all it was it really fucking uh war on them but then even when you look at the food so like there's jimmy over there we really don't like him right right. so these people have you know a healthy cow and they want milk and they've got their tomatoes growing and their squash or whatever Mm. and it's all radioactive and there really isn't any food and they haven't been evacuated yet and they don't understand radiation but the state is saying don't eat all this stuff and they're like you know getting rid of all this food and doing all this stuff and the people don't understand so they're eating all this food anyway Mm -hmm. but it got so bad that the government had to send in teams of bulldozers to basically just roll up the topsoil and bury it in massive uh, topsoil graves, basically, which then made everything worse because instead of like a healthy topsoil with like living green stuff in it, it was just dust. So now the entire area is filled with irradiated dust kicking up. So when the the wind blows, you're just breathing it in and no one's given, no one's given gas masks. No one's given. And they talked about some villages they interviewed one guy and one of his jobs was sort of like civil patrol to help people. And he said, I forget the exact number, but I think it was something like the village he lived in. He had enough iodine to protect everyone in the village for a thousand days. And he made the decision along with the party member who ran the town, not to give any of it out. (laughs) Because if they started giving everyone iodine and telling them to take it, then they would have panicked and said, why do we have to take this iodine? I thought you said this wasn't that radioactive because uh, they had to lie to everyone. They had to tell they everyone. They just said it's a precaution. They, I mean, they, they, but they, everyone was know. lying to everyone because they maybe this is true. Maybe it's not. But their fear was everyone's just going to panic, take all their radioactive so, shit and flee the area and make everything else get irradiated. So they needed this containment by having people ignore ignorant because if they would have if if someone would have packed up their car fucking you know ma clampett style and filled it full of all their fucking rocking chairs and tvs and everything that's irradiated and all this irradiated food and then they drove to another town like they had to get they had to keep everyone where they were it was also a huge amount of tension between the united states and the ussr at that time still so there was like a power play of like they didn't want to admit that they had any type of like weakness like oh man we messed up look at this embarrassing thing so they tried not to tell any one they tried to see if they could just okay evacuate that area let's keep it contained and then um a a nuclear power plant in sweden was like pretty far away like really far away um detected like the guy went to walk into the plant and his meter went off like that he had been contaminated and he actually was contaminated from chernobyl and they couldn't figure out what was going on he thought it was like something's wrong with the meter Uh, something's leaking over here they thought they had a leak and so they announced it and then we had a bunch of spy satellites and we flew over and we saw smoke plumes coming from chernobyl and then they finally had to publicly admit it but it was a some time went by oh yeah it's weeks probably yeah Yeah. 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 they tried to handle it themselves and just be like oh don't tell it's like you know you broke the window don't tell dad like you figure out what right right and the radiation was so bad like you had mentioned earlier that those divers went down 
down and their lights quit working. This was, they were, uh, they had both American eventually and Japanese robots with cameras on them that they were sending into the highly irradiated areas and to help clean up and to help take photos. But even the robots would just die within an hour or two because the radiation was just eroding. That was like 1986. They had, that's Roby senior. That's those robots. Roby senior. But all the, all the, and uh, Teddy Ruxpin was yeah, rolling. Yeah, in there. exactly. But all the robots they were sending in, I mean, the radiation was having the same effect. It was breaking down wires. It was killing things. So the wow. robots just all died. And then one of the slang terms that started to be used because everyone was bragging about the fact that the Japanese and the, the American uh, robots can't even handle what we can <laughs> handle. So all of the Soviet, like all of the Soviet Yeah, except they already killed a bunch of people. Right, but all like, the Soviet volunteers and soldiers were calling themselves brown robots because they're, they're military uniform was brown right and they said the only robots that could go into the factory and clean things up were the soviet brown robots well, like fuck except, those other except robots. they didn't understand that cancer takes a little while to get to right. them i'm <laughs> right. glad they were right. prideful though for yeah. the rest they of were us. prideful yeah. and the number again this is one of the like more than almost anything i've researched for the show the numbers on this shit vary so wildly i read some i read some articles that said three hundred and forty thousand people got evacuated i've read some that put the number at closer to a million the official soviet account is that 34 people died but like that's other yeah, lie. That's because just in, lie. Just, yeah, in like, heli- <laughs> just in the helicopter thing you mentioned about 12 yeah like, exactly but um people i mean 34 I'm, people died in the plant the workers that night i believe i think so yeah but so but the, all the, the other people that died that's not on the tally. Firefighters, but I'm reading numbers like that. There's going to be 16,000 total cases of thyroid cancer and 25,000 other cases. I'm reading other ones that say 50,000 cancers with 25. I read one that said uh, that 25,000 have died from uh, exposure to Chernobyl, and 20% of those were suicides, which was very common. Um, something like 70,000 are disabled because of it, and and this isn't saying that that's you know that. Again, the numbers were completely all over the place, but even these numbers are saying the numbers of deaths from cancer, not the number of people with cancer. Right. So, I mean, you can survive thyroid cancer. You can survive these cancers and get treatment. So these numbers are really only looking at the people that are dying. Well, when it goes 10, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, like right. the longer out you get, the, right. you know, the mortality rate's going to yeah. increase. And they think that, that it's going to cap by 2026 is when they think the cancer rates well, will Well, something cap. really interesting. Did you see how many people, it's called the exclusion zone. I, I remembered um, That's right. people that returned imme- pretty much immediately back to the exclusion zone because they were homeless they had no place to stay they didn't have money they have jobs a lot and of th- elderly and if they left they were ostracized wherever they went you're exactly. you're a chernobylite we don't want you here you're irradiated yeah we don't trust you so they, they tried to go to the market people would yeah. stray away from them. they didn't want right. to shop they didn't want to, they were like yeah it was almost like a, a racist thing right but right radioactive racism yeah <laughs> so a bunch of them went back and there's actually a community called the grandmothers of Chernobyl. Right. And there was a couple, they actually had a life expectancy on average of 10 years longer than people who evacuated. The hmm. hell? I, yeah, I don't know. Well, if you can, if you can take the radiation exposure and live through it, then you yeah, know, it I, is what it is. For like, whatever reason. Yeah. The, on average, those women in that community, and I, they were crazy tough because men die first yeah. because of alcohol, tobacco work, you know, all the things that, that happened, but it was just this community of women and they had these giant crops and they look old, man. They just have like little bandanas tied in their head. They're like 80. Stuff. They're out there doing farm work and there's like just piles of pumpkins and carrots and they all share in the community and they live in the exclusion zone. Yeah. Like it's highly radioactive still. 
That's and they crazy. were there the whole, like they were there the whole time. A lot of years. people that got evacuated went the, right yeah. back. Yeah, and the death numbers are. Di- I have a list of sixty-one people by name and date that they died that mm-hmm. were on-site persons. I'm sure so, we don't have the whole. No, story no, no, yet. no, no. There, there's, there's, uh, like, like you said, the evacuation numbers change. I mean, this is all based on what people have said. Right. The government's not going to tell you the true numbers. And even, you know, I'm reading like a report by the UN and a report in the International Journal of Cancer and a report from Greenpeace and a report from the Union of Concerned Scientists and they don't fucking line up anywhere near each other. I heard 34 people on site died and then then the firemen, then the firemen, then a bunch of the workers. This has 61 people. Like uh, there's, there's so many different variations. So obviously the Soviet state was wasn't going to say this is how many people really died because obviously they were trying. And again, like I said, like at the beginning of my research into this, I just thought the Soviet government was like the fucking worst for the way they handled this. But then the more I started thinking about it, I was like, how else do you handle it? Right. You don't have enough protective gear. You don't have safe food. And you got to be quick and you got to be be quick quick. and you've got to contain this shit or you're going to lose half your country and the rest of Europe. Like we have to throw bodies at this. I think they should have like those domes just on the reg, like ready, ready next to, to it. To yeah. roll yeah. You just fly in and, and drop the dome yeah, over the thing. Yeah. You can't leave the dome on. It would blow the dome up. Right. But you, if it blows up, the dome just immediately rolls over from the side and like locks down or something. And everyone was yeah, like true. comparing this to, you know, what their parents and their grandparents went through in World War II. They're talking about the siege in Stalingrad. They're talking about how the, the Soviet army was just throwing bodies at the Nazis and not caring. We just have a task we must accomplish. Right. And it doesn't matter how many die. And, yeah, and there's this whatever material they needed. Yeah. Regardless and there's of this, cost. I wonder there's if this Soviet mindset that is that, that I was so blown away, that is so yeah. non-American, yeah. this idea that the whole yeah, is so cowards. much more important yeah. than the individual. And everyone yeah. was willing to set like, like I said, new fathers who were in love and like had brand new babies. And they were like, I'm never going to see my yeah. baby again, but the state is more important than my life yeah. right. or my happiness seeing yeah. this baby again. And I, that is, t- that's like an admirable fucking quality. Oh, no, no, no. Like that's that, that's crazy. That's awesome. That's, that's, that, that, that's something that, that everybody should have, yeah. you know, just to save the human race, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, I wonder, I wonder how different it is today than it was back then. I'm sure you know it's pretty I mean? different. I wonder, that I wonder, Soviet propaganda is gone. I, yeah. I mean, that's probably still in the cultural DNA, that idea of being willing to sacrifice for others. Well, that's not in the American DNA. Our DNA is fucking, I'm going to get mine and you can go choke on it. I just know we called Putin evil and got attacked by Russians. So, I mean, you know, well, like that's... I'm sure we'll get some feedback on this one. Yeah. Um, well, no, I mean, we're not saying anything. This yeah. is This is... It happened. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and this was, you know, they, they did cover up stuff. They didn't, they didn't tell people things. They sent people in there with no protection. Well, there was no plan for this. Like, yeah, there's no, well, like I said, something you have. Yeah. When you got nuclear, you might have a plan. So this this was the other thing. Um, That plant, uh, Chernobyl ignored multiple warnings from the KGB saying that that, you know, the reactors that were there were flawed majorly. Right. KGB sent multiple letters, uh, contacts, warning. They don't send letters. They send two dudes. Well, no, this, this they had letters. And like I saw letters. They're both named Eagle. Um, <laughs> they sent them multiple letters multiple times over the course of uh, the plant being open. Right. That that plant was flawed majorly and there was going to be issues. And the engineers, everybody ignored the KGB. Did you guys see the thing about the forest fire risk? 
Like mm-hmm. that's their new concern because it'll be just as bad a fallout. So, oh shit. Uh, so like all the all the fallout fell onto the forest, fell yeah. all over the trees, but yeah. then it also contaminated water. And, and they called water. it the red forest because all the leaves turned red. It all turned bright red. So, but over thirty years. Those trees uptook water and irradiated themselves, and it's still contaminated areas. So all yeah. those trees are just producing radioactive leaves and foliage. Ugh. So all the plants and the wood is just completely packed with radiation, super packed. And as it dies and falls out, and every fall the leaves come down, it's packed thirty years. I can't remember. They said it was a couple of feet, like a few feet thick of thirty years Ugh. of foliage. Ugh. And they went and tested the radiation on the on the foliage forest. or foliage. It's a, I'm saying like Dave on purpose. Yeah. I'm not really sure how that goes. <laughs> Why? I don't say, fo- what are you saying? Foilage. Foilage. Instead yeah. of foliage. Foil, foilage. Foil, human. Foilage. Foilage. Is foil which, yeah. That's, that's what you like, put on your head. This is foliage. Foliage. We'll keep it together. I'll make a shirt. <laughs> it's just a bunch of crumpled foil hats. All on the of a sudden. Of all of a sudden, Brent don't like getting, he likes making fun of Dave. <laughs> exactly. All of a sudden. <laughs> oh, I'm not defensive. I rolled with it. I know. So there's like feet thick of radioactive leaf matter <laughs> i'll get brad for it. brad says this all of the lives no, hey the leaves hey and the wolves don't, don't try and throw the- he, the v escapes him so what's that noise the ghost weird anyways if there's a forest fire it will it will put all that into the air and they tested it they took a pile of leaves with a v and they put it into a little bucket and burned it with like a, a little smokestack over it and tested it with one of their little rad meters and it was super exponentially because it's burning right a ton of it and so it aerosols it and puts it in the air so it'd be as bad as like maybe the original event because it's all just sitting there waiting and if you burn it all that smoke will go up and it's radioactive smoke. and you're not putting I, that shit out in 10 days yeah and i didn't hear anything he just forever. said i just liked how he said that he didn't get mad when we made fun of him but then he started attacking me only because you called <laughs> out. i was like, i didn't get mad until you said something about it so then i called back at it oh yeah. man did you guys see anything about i read this in one article but i didn't see this anywhere else so i'm not sure how accurate it was but it said that um, I read an article that said, according to the United States Regulatory Commission, the other three reactors, because that was reactor number four, yeah. right. the other three reactors were put back online. Yeah, that's what I was saying yeah. before we started talking. You said they're okay. off, but they're off now, maybe? No, they're off now. Okay. Yeah, no, that they're off now. Yeah, they, they but kept like I read they, they, you they can't put them, them back off. online until uh, 96. Six. It was a primary source of energy for him. 99. Yeah, it would be a whole that, new crippling effect. Yeah, exactly. they, they needed the power. Right. The, so the other three, because that was reactor yeah. number four is what blew up, and they kept the other three reactors. How, how they did they shut do them that? Where were and, the control rooms at? Like, because they have to control them. That's my question. That's they must each be question. completely independent. Like, they're completely independent units. But, they're, but also, they're all in the same area. They're yeah. just throwing bodies at it. Wow. Like get your ass in there and work reactor number one. <laughs> we got to train a new no, foreman. Um, no, <laughs> it's coming up. It's going to be time. He's starting uh, to throw up. They moved 1,500 people back into Prepriet, um, Prepriet until and to run those um, plants I read. So 1,500-something people oh. still – there's still a bunch of people right now that live there to maintain something at the power plant. I swear I read that something's there, oh, still functional. Wow. But Dave says no. I don't know. Yeah, the th- the list that I read said that um, that was one of them that is no longer uh, functioning. That it stopped. 
they stopped using it to produce power in 99, but they probably, it's probably still highly radioactive. Maybe the rods are still in there in some contained state. I don't, that I don't know, but it was one of the, one of the, uh, the other things I thought was really interesting is that the whole biological aspect of it, it's like teeming with life. The cooling ponds, they looked at the fish in there and took like a GoPro and looked under there, huge schools of fish. And there's giant catfish, not because they're mutants, but because of their life expectancy, because nobody fished. Right. Nobody. So there's catfish that are like seven, 10 feet long. They're giant, scary. And you do not want to eat them. No, no, no. They're (laughs) living in there with uranium. They're highly rated and just teeming with life. Yeah. Yeah. So it ran for 14 years. After After the fact. Actually. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Actually, maybe a little longer than that. So it didn't close down until 2000. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then it went went longer than 14 years. And wow. But the other thing is um, the biologists go through and they were studying different types of species, one of them being birds. And they found lots of the birds had like sores and lesions and smaller brains and they're messed up and deformed. But a bunch of breeds of birds did not. And they were trying to figure out what's special about this. So certain breeds had adapted um, a mechanism to oxidize the to have an antioxidant. So some other scientists figured they could feed um, these little mice. I can't remember what they're called. They look like hamsters or something. They live on the forest floor. And they were feeding them a special pellet that had a crazy high antioxidant. And it actually completely protected them from the radiation fallout. So they studied the species of, of these hamster things before. And they were, like I said, smaller brains, smaller lungs. They had problems. Right. And once they started providing that food for them, um, they proved that you could actually eat a diet based in a fortified antioxidant. And it would counteract it as much as it does in them. Well, I know um, I, I know there's, there's a lot of animals that are in the area because evolution is going to work because evolution is going to work much more quickly and you're going to get several generations of something that only lives five years exactly so that they have evolved to survive in the highly radiated zone without any negative side effects so there's a lot of scientists that are looking at smaller animals with a shorter lifespan that are alive and healthy because they've adapted to be able to handle this radiation and they're starting to find some pretty startling yeah because in humans uh, you've got this 80 year thing so long term it takes a long time to get through generation after generation but in something like a spider their life expectancy was like nothing and so they started to examine webs from spiders and they it's like have you guys ever seen that stoner video of the spider that they say it's like on this is what it looks like with marijuana you should look up that video spiders on drugs it's hilarious but um they did a thing like that and these spiders were building um like non-uniform erratic like webs patternless webs like these really weird webs um comparatively to the same species of spiders outside the exclusion zone Hmm. and so what they're saying is we don't know yet like some of these populations started to thrive but after a certain amount of generations it might actually catch back up with them because spiders having that short generational cycle of reproduction ended up showing these crazy patterns after what's what's a longer term for them i just searched is chernobyl safe and a thing came up and it says, is it safe? It depends on how you define safe. Okay. So it says it the, estimates. The, that's always a fucking yeah. no. It's yeah. Like- well, it just says uh, it will once again be safe as far away as 20,000 years. That's how long it's going to take for, you know, for right for now. For it to fully be. Yeah. yeah. So it says that the reports say that the uh, exclusion zone um, has started getting its animals back. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do exert high amounts of radiation. Yeah. So like you said, right. but there's yeah. people living there. Right. Yeah, yeah, there are. And there it are. depends. The, the crazy thing about it, when that crew was going through the forest, they were walking and whatever their meter said, 30, all of a sudden the girl's meter went off to a solid tone. Like it's all, and then it hit like all of a sudden and she died. And she looked around like, what is it? What is it? And they looked down and some guy runs up and grabs her and just makes her move a distance in any direction away from where she's currently standing. 
And then they finally figure out that it's like this metal thing on the ground. And I don't know if it's like a piece of graphite that flew through the air Maybe, and landed yeah. in the forest. Yep. But it went from 30 to like they ran over and checked it. It was like 1600. So yeah. that's the thing about safe is like you can be walking through the forest and everything's fine. Yeah. It's like it's above they normal They can be background. in the building and it's above normal and it's right. fine. But and you, you move, come upon you that move object. a mile over yeah. and you're dead. They moved six feet away from the thing and it dropped exponentially. Like it dropped yeah. down to safe levels pretty yeah. much. Um, or you move six feet over and you're going to die if you continue to stand there. Right. Yeah. And it's right. invisible. You don't feel anything. Nope. You don't see anything. You're not nope. even getting the metal taste or the prickly nope. pins. Yeah. You don't know. It's silently just killing you. And again, most of it is, I mean, from, from what I read, most Hot of the pocket. radiation, scary. most Hot of pocket. the radiation levels like that, like if you did like tour it, you're probably going to leave with an extra year's worth of background radiation in your body or something. If you got into the, cause even that thing isn't pumping out 20,000 engines an hour like the fucking core yeah. was it's like a really slow burn you would have to be there for hours next to it to absorb enough i only need for to be to there really fuck you up i only need to be there yeah but if you didn't know and uh, you threw up a tent and you just stayed the night just, there yep, you know <laughs> i just want the spider to bite me I, that 10 minutes so tops like get off i'm gonna go over there get the spider to bite me and then go home see if i wake up buff <laughs> i wouldn't try that no yeah no i think it's a good plan i don't even like no. Sp- spider-man's like the worst superhero no spider-man's legit no no, it's horrible. He's the worst one. He's about like Captain America. Like, what's good about Captain America? I don't think I can have this conversation. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about Batman, okay. Like, I'm I not. I'm not nerdy enough to have it. I'm a little bit opinionated. I'm not either. I'm not, diving in. <laughs> I'm not either. Like, that's, I don't know. I'm asking. I'm, I'm asking. I'm asking. Someone somewhere is going to get really mad about. I'm talking about talking the, about the Toxic Avengers. Can we talk about Toxic Avengers? Because they were cool. I don't know anything about them. There's just one Toxic Avenger. No, it was a whole show. <laughs> Dave probably... I'm going with Dave. I'm going with Dave on this one. Dave <laughs> it was knows. A, it was a trauma film, The Toxic Avenger. Trauma. Huh? It was a cartoon. They probably made a really bad cartoon yeah, off of it. it was good. There's a lot of them. Yeah. I remember. Okay. Well, I'm done. I got nothing else. Me neither. Yeah. Gas masks in the snow, wallpaper falling off wall, pots and pans and dolls laying on the floor, stuffed mm-hmm. animals... That's the only other thing I saw. A lot of people went on the tours. They filmed it, and it's super creepy. Like it's baby dolls laying on everywhere, oh, yeah. rusted, falling and apart it's the bunk old beds. School, like, like yeah, old school baby dolls. It is like, like Silent Hill, per- yeah. no, picture esque, scary, fuck. scary. I yeah. kind of think I would go if, as long no, as I want. I kind of do want to go. Like, if I was it. if I was in that neck it. of the woods, I would definitely. How much is a ticket go. to Russia? I don't know. Right, but actually, 30, actually to Chernobyl, thirty bucks. The thing is, though, and this is funny. This go this this ties it back into some Putin action. Um, my. I, uh, a friend who went there, like he was plant, like they went there, they were in Russia for other things, but they were like, you know, fuck it, let's go to, to uh, right. check out Chernobyl. And they went up there. And once they got there, they found out that their tours were all being suspended because the touring companies weren't paying enough money for the local government. So the local government sent police in to shut down all the tourism until they got a bigger taste of the tourist dollars. So it was just like, so he was pissed because he wanted to go. And then he got there and it was like, no. And the, the tourist people were like, no, the, the, the cops and the military aren't letting us let anyone in because we're not paying them enough money. And so they had to, they had to walk and do some shit on their own, but they weren't able to go in because, See if it works. Okay, Google. LAX to Chernobyl ticket prices. <laughs> You're just hoping people's yeah. shit blew up right $639. now. $639. That's not right. bad. Round yeah. trip? That's not bad at all. To yeah, yeah 579 It says like, between 680 and 1438 
It's a 23-hour flight. Fuck my balls. No uh, you know, if you get connecting flights, it's cheaper. That's like yeah. a straight there. Yeah. Man, Man. that'd be a... Oh, that'd be horrible. We should get a GoFundMe started to send us to Chernobyl and we'll film it. <laughs> I bet that we would get paid for it. That's not that much money. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, other than our like our personal expenses, but we could get three Yeah, and our hospital like, bills. Yeah. No. <laughs> Fine, I'll go. Let's just go fund me. I'll yeah. film it. You guys, yeah. Yeah, we'll do two GoFundMe's. The one we'll start one for our plane tickets to Chernobyl. Well, here's the, here's the and thing. then our second one's for our cancer rehabilitation. Well, here's the thing: the three of us will go. One of us is going to get bitten by a radioactive animal and get superpowers. One of us is going to die of cancer, and one of us is going to get killed by wolves. So it's a it's yeah. A, we got a thirty three percent chance coming out. I of at the least, superpowers. I at least I at least want to be want to be killed by wolves if if I'm dying out of the out of the radioactive. Uh, cancer, like your your balls just get so big because you got testicular cancer. And the thing is, like knowing my luck, I'd get bit by like an angry radioactive Russian old lady, and then I would turn into <laughs> super I grandma. Would turn into, like, like, I would, a, like a Russian radioactive. Oh, what about radioactive into, zombies? I'm now old lady man. Uh, I have all the powers of an old lady. You can take your teeth out with the speed of light, including knitting, <laughs> calling people b- babishkas, and wearing a headscarf. Uh, you, you have know. a dry crotch all the time. <laughs> just, <laughs> I was trying so hard to come up with a joke. That was the one. <laughs> dry crotch. Russian grandma radioactive dry You crotch. are fighting the might of old lady man. Yeah, like you spread your legs and, and radioactive dust comes out of your vagina. It's the cloud. It's, it's like one of those those fire pumpers, you know, that used to... Used to it's a cesium bellows. Cesium queef. <laughs> you get thyroid cancer. <laughs> Oh man! Okay. She just she knitted she knitted her cape. It's like a Russian uh, Afghan knitted cape. Yes. Oh man! And the panties too, because then the dust just comes straight through the panties. That's the trick awesome. is you can you can totally run faster than yeah. her though. She's on, she has a walker. Oh, that's what away. that's. No, I'd be like trying to pick a tomato from her garden or something. And she'd just come up and bite me on the yeah. arm on your ass. Yeah, bite you on your on your plump black ass. <laughs> yep, she thought. It, Okay, All well, right. I'm gonna call for Smell sponsors. Like watermelon. I'm gonna call for oh, sponsors at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You wanna give a sponsor shout out? Sure. Rinse, changing pages. Go. I thought I had them written down. It just says social on this page. That's not helping <laughs> me at all. So as always, we'd like to thank Yucateco Hot Sauce for sending us. They just sent us a bunch of Yucateco Hot Sauce, actually. So I'm gonna yes. come up with something where we start giving a bottle away a week or something and mail them off. So um, if you have an idea for that, tell me on social media and I'll come up with some kind of contest or some way to do that and make it fun. Um, if you already have El Yucateco, keep doing that and take some pictures and tag us so that Yucateco loves us even more. Um, we need to thank... And, and we're working on a worldwide scavenger hunt. Like that yeah, has to happen. that's still in the yeah. process. Worldwide scavenger hunt. I need so to get back be, on that actually because... Yeah. yeah, I need to do that. Um, secondly, we need to thank uh, printdirtcheap.com. Mm-hmm. We just got a whole bunch of new stickers. Um, if you want stickers, hit me up. Um, we'll soon have sticker packs for sale on the website, um, but I can send you some too if you ask. Um, oh, that might have been a mistake. No, nah, I will see those stickers on the car. I'll mail them all out, dude. All I'll right. do it. Yeah. Do it. Um, you lost me. Oh, if you want to buy stickers and you're a podcast and you need to make stickers or you're just a person and you have some crazy thing that you need printed, um, you can go to printdirtcheap.com and use the code SOFAKING to save 10% on your order. Um, we need to thank mm-hmm. Dark Side Graphics for yep. making our t-shirts and koozies. That's Punky Brewster. And whatever else we get screen printed. Yeah, and whatever else we Anything that's screen printed that he does it for us. And he so. just had a new baby, so 
congratulations. Yep. I hope you're sleeping. Yep. Um, digital creations for koozies, coffee cups, mugs, and all that cool stuff that they make. Um, who am I forgetting right now? Salty, salty. Salt seven. I need to go float, man. Maybe I that's the too. missing thing. I, I wonder if that. that'll. I wonder if he uses iodine salt. It's iodized salt. Yeah, yeah he might I, save you from help. fallout. <laughs> I'm right. just gonna go get in the tank. Actually, the reactor happened. Get to salt you. seven. <laughs> it's a, it's like a light proof, soundproof steel tank. Yeah, full I, of salt. I, don't, I don't think Epsom salt is iodine. Yeah, iodine. iodine. Yeah, it's probably not saving you, but it might make you feel better about That's it. True. So check That's them out true. if you're local. Call them and go. If you can't figure it out, contact us. But they're on Facebook. Um, if you're not local and it's too far to drive, you should still find a float center because it's a cool thing to do. And I'm still missing somebody. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, who? Is that everybody? I don't know. That's everybody. Who we got? That's what we got. That's it. That's it. Sure. That's it. All right. Alan, Run and Gun Productions. Yeah, make our website full. Yeah. <laughs> you don't up. even listen. He doesn't even listen. <laughs> Probably not. I'll tell him that we called him out. Anyway, that's it. Uh, what, Friday coming out? We're talking about uh, Obama conspiracies. That is right. So if you're into that, uh, we're going to talk about conspiracies surrounding Obama. Dude looked like a lady. Lady looked like a dude. Don't be a retard. <laughs>